Hello everyone and welcome back for part two of my conversation with Joseph Mojo McCarthy, What Determines Our Worth? I literally took this audio and sliced it right in half, so this conversation will be picking up right where part one ended. I hope you enjoy. Bring it, bring it, Kristen, bring it. (laughs) Which is surrender, right? Letting go, letting God. And, and taking our grubby little hands off the wheel sometimes and just saying, take me, show me, guide me. And, and sometimes that means doing nothing. I was having a conversation yesterday with somebody. I think it was yesterday. I don't know. Days, days blend together for me. And, <laughs> me too. <clears throat> gosh. Yeah. Is that because yeah. I'm 54? I don't know. but uh, must be because I'm 56. Together. So, yeah, probably oh is. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know who it was with, but I, we were having a conversation, and I forgot what I was going to say. Um, I forgot what I was going to say about that. Oh, about being Sorry. in the flow. I said oh, yeah, there was well. at some point in my business where I felt no inspiration, no motivation, still love my business, still love what I do, but I was like in this weird zone. It's the only way I can explain it. And it's not even weird. It was just an is. And I said, hmm, I'm in this space right now for a reason, but I know God is always with me. So this reason is purposeful. So this is my quiet. I'm walking across the pasture or whatever before I get to the stream, whatever. And I'm just going to sit in this place. And then this course of someone who I just dearly love came up and I said, I'm going to take that course. And by the end of that course, boom, I was back up on the wave. So, So what I did in that moment was I just had reached some weird mental space where things were funky and I wasn't feeling the flow. And I just allowed that to be okay. Yeah. So sometimes there's there's a lot to be learned in the resting. Yes. It's in the surrender. Purposeful. So you started the word with surrender. This, surrender I, I too, really, yeah. Yeah, I want to define that even better because I, I think most of us don't really get what is the purpose of surrender? What does that really look like? Because it sounds like it sounds like I give up or I give in. Because surrender we always associate with the white flag. Like, okay, I that's right. it. I, I'm done. I'm done. I'm toast. I lose. That's the problem is that we think surrender means we lose, but that's not what you're saying. So define, define surrender from, from what you're, what you're bringing. Here. Right. And that, that's, what's interesting because we do have these preconceived ideas. We hear words along the way, and sometimes we don't study the definition or we do, and it means this, yeah. but in this particular case where you were saying it, it means giving up and I lose. But what true surrender, spiritual surrender is, is giving over. Giving over. Ooh. It's giving over. So it's glad I thing. asked. I love this. Go. It's just, it's just letting go, letting God. Yeah. And I know for me, based on trial and error, being a little tiny baby human, thinking, no, no, I know better now. No, but I know better now. No, you don't, yeah. Kristen. Do you really ever right. know better? <laughs> right. And so I get in that space where I'm like, all right, God, you got to take this. And it depends how crazy my ego and my fear is at that moment. It might take sure. a minute or two to get there, meaning a day or two or a week. Or a but year. the more I the more I practiced it, it became shorter in duration and shorter in duration and shorter in duration. And pretty soon it was like a five minute thing. It's like I'm I'm giving this over. And and I can just feel it starting to dissipate. And five minutes later I feel back in that surrendered state of what it really truly is 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 a lack of control it's letting go of what we perceive is control because we do we want to control because we have an ego and the ego scares us so if we do this and say that and do all these things 
then we're going to have control of the situation. But what I've noticed in life is when I try to control, I actually lose control. That's right. That's the paradox. So, so this is really good about how the, the defining the words is so important because words create worlds in our heads, right? And sure. we, we create the, we create the world that we pay attention to. So you're saying, and I'm agreeing that surrender is a really important element in this journey, but it's not the surrender of I give up, I lose. It's the surrender that I give over. I give yeah. over control. And we're afraid of that because control, we, if the idea of being out of control sounds like such a negative thing. We're all yes. afraid of being out of control, but we're not. <laughs> so so what, what we're doing here is what you're saying is we're not out of control. We're giving control to someone who knows better. Yeah. We're giving control. The best we're giving life control manager. Of, yeah. In fact, what we're doing, we're taking control of our control and giving to someone who's a better, <laughs> to a better controller. So it's, it's not out of control. Like, ah, I don't know what's going on. Help me. It is. Okay, I, I I see that I'm trying to control this, but I am not the wisest person in the room. I'm not the wisest person in the universe, right? So I can give my control to the person, the controller with the big C, right? So yeah, I, I'm actually in C. in control of giving my control away. I'm giving it over, surrender, yes. right? Yes, and wow. so two two things to that. I've heard an acronym for ego, which is edging God out. And it's, and it's a, and it's a great acronym because when we are trying to control, we have lost touch. You know, we never lose touch with God. It's always inside of us, but we have lost conscious contact with, with God. So when we are ever in our ego, which is control and it's anything that is based in fear and we can find that by checking in with ourselves and saying, am I making this decision because I'm scared or am I making this decision because I'm inspired? It's scared. Yeah, scared. Say it again. Say it again. Gotta get this. This is good. Okay. Am I making this decision because I'm afraid or am I making this decision because I'm inspired? And and this is where we get really in in contact with the body tells because our thoughts create emotions, right? So anytime we're in some sort of scary zone, we're going to feel it in our body. And I believe part of the spiritual journey is really getting in touch with how it feels in our body. So I know when I'm scared, it's prickly. There's a feeling. I know what the feeling sure. is. I'm like, yeah, I'm scared. I'm trying yeah. to control, or I think this, or whatever. But when I'm inspired, it's this very light and airy feeling. It's like, like almost like my body dissolves for a second. Like it's just, it's like this, like I don't don't feel myself anymore. But it's you, you got to use your imagination with that. Right, 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 right. It's of course. Like an, it's like a light and airy, expansive feeling. And I go, okay, so this feels like inspired movement. So. I believe the journey is moving. Okay. So for free will, and I had to Google free will when I was in my college of Kristen, I'm like, what is actually free will? Does it mean yeah. I can jump off a bridge and kill myself? Does it mean that, you know, what is free will? Right. And, and through a course of miracles, what I learned free will was it is our choice to either be in contact with our ego slash lower self or to be in contact with our God slash higher self. That's our only true free will is where am I going to function? Wow. Bam. That's so good. So again, and I think this overlays perfectly over this control thing we just talked about. We all have this sense that, that we want to be in control. We don't want to be out of control. But what, what what's this revelation that's coming to me right in this moment is that 
I can actually be in control by giving my control away to someone who controls it better. And that's my choice to go from operating in the ego lower self to operating in the divine infinite self. Both are there and I get to choose where I operate. Well, if, if I do, I'm actually in control of choosing where I'm going to operate. Then, of course, I'm going to give away my control to the person who can control it better so that I can operate in the flow divine state. Right. Why would I not? Yes. And Marianne Williamson calls. She says, let me come up with a sentence. She says, she says, the best control we ever have is surrender. Wow. That's freaking crazy. That's so good. It's wow. Like, and those are the those are the capital T truths Ooh, that that we are talking. Yeah, it's just like a yeah, oh, and that gosh. that feeling you have is the feeling I had. I'm like, holy f! Are exactly. you kidding me? Damn! <laughs> you like okay, okay. Now this is gonna take a minute right. for this to, for this to sink in. Yeah. But I, okay, and yeah. so what do, what do we do with that? Because we're still the little baby humans that are still afraid. Yep. So what do we do with that? We work towards it. Exactly. By That's being conscious. Yeah, that becomes we just the work true north. It. Yeah, it becomes yes. the true north. That becomes the compass. It's not the destination, it's the direction. So wow. here's 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 my here's my new analogy, newer. I have got lots of <laughs> cooking. But one of these uh, one of these analogies that I'm working on is that what we what we we think we need a destination, but what we need is motion and direction. Because we don't always know what the destination will be. And sometimes the destination is temporary. And sometimes the destination actually changes so that we'll go in a different direction for a while, thinking that's the destination. And then realize that was just uh, an excursion so we could learn something along the way. But really, the destination is in a completely different direction. God just wanted to take us there so that we could grow. And then we go a different direction. So, so what I'm saying to myself and see if this resonates with you is... I, I think I'm seeking a destination, but really what I'm, what I need is I need motion. So I'm not still, and I need, um, a direction, right? It's not the yeah. destination. It's the motion and the direction. And these things will shift and they will change. And sometimes it'll be dark and stormy. And sometimes I'll have to anchor. Uh, but I, I have to believe I got to continue to believe that in the storm, the blue skies are on the other side of those clouds. I'm yeah. not going to die. And even if I do die, which it feels like sometimes, right? I feel like I'm going to die. Even in that sensation, those feelings, you're saying be attuned to your feelings because they're telling you something. But yes. even if I feel like I am going to die, to go to right to the Apostle Paul, he says, if I live, awesome. If I die, even better. Because now I'm freed from the puny little human body that I'm in. Yes. And I get to be one with the, the divine in the full expression of who I am. So there's no losing here, right? Yes. And you're, you know what came up for me when you're saying that? And I maybe you know this. I've heard it before. But isn't there like a physics law or something that says energy in motion stays in motion? Yeah, it's inertia. So the law of inertia oh. is that, that an object in motion stays in motion. An object that's still tends to stay still. And it takes a huge amount of force or energy to either get something moving or to get it to stop. Right? So it's the law of inertia. Okay. Yes. And you know what? I'm going to, I have a note in my phone. Okay. I don't know where I saw this, but I typed it in my notes and it says, if I stay ready, I don't have to get ready. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, if I stay ready. See, this is the truth that keeps on truthing, right? <laughs> it's a truth that keeps on truthing. Yes. And, and, and something I want to add to that was, you know, sometimes when we're, we're in our darkest of darks, 
it's keep in mind a baby step forward is okay because it takes a minute sometimes to gain momentum on the journey. It takes a minute. It's okay. And I always want to tell people you're okay right where you're at. It is purposeful. There's a reason. And what are you learning? And even if you just learned one tiny thing, like, you know, come back, come back, Kristen, come back. Good sentence. So good. I'm going to give a um, okay. shout out to Gina. I just saw she said, hi, hi, Gina. And hi, I think it's Chief James. Hi, Chief. I don't have my glasses on you guys, so I'm sorry, but they just both yeah. gave us some love. And I've been yeah, staring for- off into space during this conversation, so I'm not paying <laughs> attention to the love. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, for all those that are in the room or have been in the room that have given us any love or just given us your time, time is such a precious gift because we can't get it back, yeah. right? So t- I just want to say something I say all the time to myself is that time is the most precious non-renewable resource that we have. Mm. So if you're going to spend time here with Kristen and I, we pray that it's valuable because you don't get it back, right? And a reminder to choose how you spend your time wisely because it's, it's not an investment that grows. When it's gone, it's gone. So make the most of this moment because it ain't coming back. Yeah. And I also love that their energy is with us. Yes. Because, absolutely. you know, those are siblings out there. Those are our soul siblings right. and their energy is in w- with us in this room and together we're creating a ripple effect. So whether mm-hmm. it's just me and you talking, you know, really um, like a beam of light between our hearts right now, it's between all of us. And I, yes. and I'm always very grateful for that, no matter how long people stay. Cause I know for me, I'm in for five minutes. Sometimes I got to go, you know, but I'm right. always grateful and I always get something. And I, I am appreciative when people want to join us because we're get, we're getting from you too. It's it's a it's a back and forth. It's a sharing it rather than a one way situation. Yep. But yep. what I was talking about with uh, momentum is that I you know when I had that breakthrough, that moment where I remembered God, and I said, okay, but my next step is going to bed and going to sleep, and that's a really powerful next step. And this is okay. It doesn't have to look like this big crazy. Wow. And then I woke up the next day and I said, and today after I get my children off to school and whatnot, I'm going to meditate and I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to do that, you know, and I just got very purposeful in my actions and all those purposeful actions, you know, put into place because keep in mind, I was still a frazzled mess. I just became more purposeful and I had a direction. Yeah. And then that gained momentum, boom, 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 okay. boom, boom. And I felt like now like a steam engine chugging along, chugging along yeah. to the point that when it came to court, which I was very scared about for many reasons, as the livelihood of my children, I was at stake. And I remember sitting outside the courtroom and I leaned my head against uh, the wall and I closed my eyes and my attorney said, oh, are you Okay. And I just kind of cracked an eyeball open and looked at him. I said, yeah, I'm just meditating. And he was like, okay. You know, like, what the hell? I'm sure you've yeah. never seen that before. What, whatever. Whatever. And, yeah. and then when I got on the stand, you know, my ex's attorney was like kind of like a bulldog. I don't know. I hate to use dog terms. You know what I mean? He was just really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was coming at me and I sat there in peace. Wow. Nothing he said touched me just answered the questions and the tone I'm talking to you now. Right. And he was coming at me. Oh yeah. Well, you're, uh, you know, like trying sure. to pull all that. And I just, yeah, I just sat there 
And I, and I ended up the way that, and I'm not saying this is all related. It's all related, but it's all not related, but the, <laughs> it's also know, so true. Yes. And, and yeah. yeah. And I ended yeah. up getting, you know, what I needed, what I wanted. However, if I didn't, that would have been okay too. Yeah. Because I was such in that surrendered state that I knew God had me no matter what. Right. And whatever this and it, means, this yeah. is purposeful now too. But yeah, it, it ended up working into my favor. Now, had I tried to get in there and say, you got to say this, and you got to do that, and you got to do that, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to point the finger at him, and I'm going to blah, blah, blah. If I'd been in there and all that, I may have made a huge mess. Yes. My best right. control was surrender at that moment when yeah. a lot was at stake. My best yeah. control was surrender in that moment. Wow. <laughs> my best control was my surrender in that moment because you chose you weren't out of control you chose to give your control to a higher power to the, the yeah. divine self right so you weren't out of control you're just choosing a better path a better place to be a better yeah. oh my gosh that's so good Ooh. something that meant meant higher you know something that meant um that that I knew, I call God the best life manager. I interrupted you earlier while you were talking and threw that in there, but I'll say it's it again. All good. All I, good. I, called, I call God the best life manager yeah. because we don't really know what we're doing a lot of the time, but God right. does, Yeah. you know? And yeah. I think it, this would be a good time for you to reset the room for people that have joined and, sure. and maybe share why, why we started this conversation. Absolutely. In fact, in fact, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking I need to circle back to your question, How's, how has this profound experience affected oh, me? Oh, yeah, good. Because it, it, it continues to affect me. And I talked about how it affected my my view of my past. Uh, but it's also, so to answer that question first, well, let me set the room, reset the room. So I started this conversation with Kristen because just in the last few days, I had an absolutely profound um Wow. Somebody's washing dishes or filling a cup. <laughs> oh, sorry. I should have muted. Good. It's all good. <laughs> I forgive myself. <laughs> Absolutely. As you should. And I forgive you as well. So I didn't even take offense by that. I just think it's funny. Um, so to, to, to go back to the beginning of this conversation, in the last, just the last three days, uh, I had this profound actual experience with, which I, with what I believe is the divine intervention in my life when I was at my the end of my ability to fix these um, never-ending arguments with my wife that were going nowhere and just causing collateral damage, I'm in, up in the morning in that space saying, God, why? But rather than a why me, it's like, why is this happening? I'm looking for an answer and was still enough because I just started this brand new practice of meditating and praying before the before I turn on the lights, before the sun comes up, which I've, I've never had that practice or discipline before. So obviously that there's, a, there's a, there's a reason all this is happening, right? So after 24 years of marriage, making no progress, or maybe even going backwards, this profound words come to me and it wasn't audible, but it was clear as day. I could see it in my mind's eye as if it was being written, handwritten for me. And the words were, Joe, your worth is neither determined by nor dependent on the approval of another, including yourself. Your worth or your value is neither determined by nor dependent on the approval of another, even yourself. And I was like, mm -hmm. <laughs> what? Wait, mm -hmm. 
wait, what? And so I had to write it down because I knew I'd, I'd start paraphrasing at some point and I'll get it wrong because every word is important in this phrase for me. And and I think it, there is there is a, a truth in here, like you said, a capital T truth that's not just for me. It's it's a truth that can set us all free. And again, I don't set the truth free. The truth sets me free. This is the mantra that my friend John Tupper keeps saying. And I, I am learning to understand even what that means is that we all think that we have our truth and we're going to set people free with our truth, right? But that really mm-hmm. works. Uh, but right. the big capital T truth that keeps on truthing, it's not static. It's in motion. <laughs> it's its happening in me even now as we're speaking. It's saying, okay, Joe, I, I know you know this was true and you've said it's true. You've preached this, right, on Sunday mornings. But what you didn't understand is how profound this really is, that I've given away – I've. I haven't made myself worthless because I do believe and have always believed that I'm a child of God and made in his image. So I knew I wasn't worthless, but I've made myself worth less by believing that somebody mm. else's approval had some sort of effect on how valuable I felt about myself. And I was, I was measuring my worth or making myself worth less because of somebody else's disapproval, whether that was my wife or my stepfather or somebody that either had good intentions or bad intentions or even myself, these negative self-talk. And God says, none of that matters. I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. How can that be true? He says, because I love you. I love you with a yeah. lot. I couldn't love you anymore, and I couldn't love you any less. And if you think that that makes you invaluable, then you're thinking that you know more than I do. And I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. No, I don't. I would never <laughs> say that. No, no, please. Please understand, God. I'm not saying I know better than you. And he says, well, that's what you're saying to yourself. When you say you're worthless yeah. or worthless even, you're saying that you know better than I do. Like, no, am I really? Oh, crap. <laughs> right? I don't want to do that. Yeah. I, I want to think about myself the way you think about me. And, and this, is, uh, this is really great. This is a C.S. Lewis quote that says, true humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And I go, ooh, ooh that's good. That's true humility pretty. isn't thinking less of yourself because that's like that false humility and self-loathing and all, whatever. That, that goes down a wrong trail. True humility is thinking of yourself less i'm about giving and and making somebody else's life better and as a result mine does as well so it's just a matter of focus right Whew. so you were going to share with us how that changed you know that was just uh oh, tuesday yeah. or wednesday of this week and how right. here we are on friday yeah and how you know what is the lens you're seeing things through now like how how has that shifted inside of you like what what's new what's new bro yeah Oh man, it's it's all new. So this is really interesting to me because I've been talking for the last uh, several t- times. I jump into wisdom about the the difference between content and context. To me, content is the big T truth. Where regardless of the shape of the container, water is water. It just happens to take a different shape because of the container that it's in. But the the content hasn't changed. The context has. And so sometimes truth doesn't set us free because we're in the wrong context, frame of mind situation we're tired we're hungry we're angry we're lonely whatever that might be and so we can't absorb the truth as you said we're not prepared for it when it comes um Mm -hmm. but the content is still the content and so so now i'm realizing that none of my circumstances have changed and to, to ground this in an actual story so i i feel like that my not my direct boss but his boss um doesn't get me at all he's new in that role and he actually comes across like he's suspicious of my intent, my motives. Or I, I don't really understand where where does that come from, right? 
And I know that there's, I can feel this part of me that goes back to that little kid that wants yeah. the approval of his stepdad or his coach or his teacher or his band leader, whomever. And if I get it, I feel really good about myself. And if I don't, I start self-loathing. I'm making myself, I'm making the, myself worth less, right? Not worthless, mm -hmm. but worthless. And so I, I have even sensed the shift in these last few days that my boss's perception of me, whether he approves or disapproves, I know that I'm doing my work and I'm doing it really well. And, and I also know that my value, my intrinsic value, isn't based on what I do anyway, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm not yes. a human doing, I'm a human being. My yes. value is based on being, not on doing. That, that's a whole other conversation, right? Um, but so I'm, 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 I'm getting set free from of this uh, disease to please because I need Ooh, my boss. I've never right? heard it said like that. That's cool. Yeah, this is, that's an Oprah phrase that she suffered her whole oh. life. From this, this disease to please. And I'm like, oh, God, oh. that's so me. Because if I don't please the people whose approval I need, then I feel like I'm sick of something's wrong with me, right? That's the disease to please. And, and so the shift has been in the last few days that whether my boss's boss sees the great value that I bring to the organization or not, that doesn't affect my self-worth, my intrinsic value. And so I can be like you on the uh, in front of the judge in, in, when you're at trial saying, or the, the lawyer can bring you all the heat he wants it doesn't affect me because my worth is not dependent on your approval anymore, right? So yes, my boss could my boss's boss could fire me. That would be a really bad outcome because I've got a family to support. But I'm, I'm that, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is if I do my job well, and he doesn't approve of me or what I've done or how I've done it, I cannot let that affect my sense of worth and value anymore because that's that's yes. nothing but destructive. Yes, and I love that you brought the word <clears throat> intrinsic value into the conversation because I actually have a, a worksheet that I have people, clients work on sometimes when we're working in this area because many of us think our extrinsic value is what matters in the world. How, you know, yes. if we're in shape or how long our hair is or how big our biceps are or how much money we make or what car we drive. Or how many and, followers we have. Oh, yeah, the whole follower shtick, right? Yeah. So, but when we can get into what is my true value, what is my true value, and that is, number one, a child of God. Absolutely. And then I take it further for my human clients, and I talk about, who are you? Tell me who you are. And they say, I'm kind, I'm loving, I'm gentle, I'm giving, I'm compassionate, I'm generous. I'm, the, the, the. I'm like, that's your true value. And I've always, I always ask them, like, would you be your best friend? That's the first question I ask them. 100% wow. of the time for in, in this area, that's the first question I ask them. I say, would you be your best friend? And 100% of the time, without fail, that is across the board, every client I've ever had in all these years said yes. Wow. <laughs> and I say, I say, why? And they tell me why. And I said, this is who you are. Yes. It's so not you what would you be do, your best friend. right? Yes. yes. So if you will be your, if you would be your best friend, be your best friend. Wow. Be your own mama. Be your own daddy. Be your own sibling. Treat yourself you. the way that. Yes. Right. Come back. Come back. I lost you, Kristen. Now I have just a sleeping cat, and he's got nothing to say to me. I need Kristen. Thank you, everybody, for so much for being here, for spending time with us. Uh, we know how precious time is. This 
this better be valuable for you or swipe out, right? Swipe left, swipe right, go someplace where you can get some value. But this is so valuable to me. And, and this is so awesome. So, so I, I want to capitalize on what you were just saying about, would I be, would I want to be my friend? Yes. Yeah, so would be you, my would best you be your friend. best friend? Would yeah, you be would your be, best friend? Would I be best, best friend? If, if the answer is yes, and I, I can say yes to that, then, mm-hmm. then do it, right? Not would yeah. I be your best friend, but be your best friend, right? Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. How would you treat um, somebody with those qualities? Because, and the reason why I came up with that again, I was very spirit led, very God led through my absolutely. college of Kristen. I didn't know what at the frick I was doing. I just said, <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. And the healing came through spiritual study, which is interesting. I was not reading self-help books on how to not attract bad men or, right. or lopsided partners. It did not yeah. come like that. It came through my internal spiritual healing. And yeah. one of the, the, where this whole thing went down, you've probably heard this story before, is it was like a Wednesday at two o'clock. I was standing in my room at the foot of my bed and I said, I remember the words of my ex-husband. He said, you're the common denominator in your two, your two failed marriages. And of course yes. it was meant to hurt me, you know, regardless of, of the fact that he was a, a, a heavy drinker and cheated and all the things. Regardless yeah. of that, he's trying to point at me. But those words came back around that Wednesday at two. And I said, am I the common denominator? I actually asked myself. Yeah. And my answer was yes. Because I am the common denominator in all these situations. So why is, is that? And then I went back through and I looked at all the times that I treated myself the way I was treated. I'll yeah. just, in short, I'll say disrespected and dishonored. And I said, okay, where did you do this to you? And I, I listed all those things. And then the next thing that came into my head was, would you be your best friend? And I said, well, yeah, I would totally be my best friend. And by now I'm sitting at the foot of my bed and I go, yes, I would. And then I, the next question was why? And I'm like, well, and I listed the list. And then I, then the next thing was, well, then do that. (laughs) And so that was all, that was all God, you know, I didn't sit there and consciously, this was a weird ass moment in the middle of the day, right? In, in yes. The middle of the week. Right. It was a moment that, that shifted my life forever. Yeah. But what happened was, is I got really curious. I said, this mean person told me I was the common denominator. Is it true? Hmm. Is there something to this? And I think it's important for us as, as oh, little baby wow. humans to ask us the truth and the not truth of things, because in this particular case, it was. So the words meant to harm me were actually the words that started to heal me. However, there are times in my life where people say to me, you're this, you're that, you're the other thing. And I stop and I go, is it true? Is it true? Because if it is, I want to own it. But if it's not, I'm not going to own it. Sure. And there's been many times along the path where I'm like, yes, no, yes, yes, no, 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 yes. You know, (laughs) Because when we get in, in really conscious contact with who we are and we are willing to ask ourselves these questions and we really put it through the filter of our God self, our higher self, we are led. Yes. We are so led. And so by me just asking that the question that one time, God said, okay, and here's this, and here's this, and here's this, and here's this. And boom, my entire life shifted in that moment just because I was willing to be honest with myself. Yeah. But, but when I learned oh, what my when I learned what my intrinsic value was, just really who I am as a person, I was like, I'm not acting from this space. 
I'm acting from the getting approval space. Yes, right. Which, right, right. Right back to the beginning. Here we are. Right, again. circling back down to that. Yeah. Yeah. Which right. is is um, trying to get approval by being something that I feel like these people want me to be. Right. In doing that, I was out of divine alignment. I was in a lower vibration. I was attracting people that were going to reflect that back to me, rather than reflecting back to me my wholeness and my goodness and my approval of self and my just recognizing who I truly am. And when I really started to embody that, I didn't care what I looked like when I dated my husband. I wasn't like, Oh, I got to buy a new dress. I got to do this. I got to do that. I, you know, he showed up at the house with my parents' house. I'm in my daughter's pajama bottoms with a ponytail (laughs) because I didn't care. I was not going to sell another false front to another person based on approval. You're not going to pretend anymore. You're not going to pretend. You're done pretending. Which I didn't know that I was doing, and we don't know, right? We we yeah, just, yeah. these are just uh, masks. That's because we're really, we're, we're so good at it, we're pretending even to ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves. Yeah. We don't know. Our, our little brain no, said, know. our little brain, you know, back in the day when we were coming into consciousness, our little brain goes, oh, this person doesn't like it when you laugh loud. Or they go, you have yeah. a funny laugh, so now I'm not going to laugh loud. Like it just is such a split second that we make that shift because at that point we have lost contact with our God self and we adopt these beliefs that we're supposed to be this other thing. Oh yeah. So you said so much there. And one one thing I want to circle back to is I've heard so many times and I actually used to say this to people and I've stopped saying it is consider the source because I have discounted truth that was coming at me because I didn't like the source. I thought that they had the wrong intentions. So this, this, you just gave this great example that a mean-spirited person who wanted to harm you actually delivered you a gift unintentionally by telling you the truth. But I would have, especially in my little baby human uh, progression, I would have discounted the truth out of hand because of the source. And so this whole, what I thought was wise, consider the source because if the truth doesn't, or because if it doesn't come from a reliable or a compassionate or an empathetic or a, you know, a a voice that I believe in, then it can't be true. Well, that you're saying that that's not true either. That's a false narrative because the truth can come from anywhere. And quite honestly, the truth comes from God. So that's the big T truth, right? And, and there's this great story in the Bible where Balaam, this guy, Balaam is disobeying God. And so God speaks to him right through his donkey, right? (laughs) So I, I can't imagine what that was like. That had to be totally surreal where his donkey starts talking to him and to get his attention. God can speak through anything. Which, well, that you know, just we tells all... us that God can speak through an ass. Exactly. <laughs> and he did, he did that for you. He spoke through an ass, a guy yeah. who, had, who had only ill intentions. And this, again, illuminates a scripture that I've quoted many times that what the enemy intends for evil, God can turn it for good. So it, it comes from your enemy. But if it's truth, it can still set you free. And I'm like, okay, the consider the source thing. I, I've got to reevaluate that whole thing because the truth can come from my enemy. It can come from my ass. <laughs> but the truth is still the truth, right? Yes, yes. Ooh. But we don't we don't need to own what's not ours. Period. Yeah. So you know, this is that return to self I was talking <clears throat> talking about earlier. My ear my ear pod died. So if I sound different, that's because now it I'm on this, the speaker. Yes. Okay. So that's why I was talking about this, this constant return to love. And we understand that we, we truly are our own best authorities aside from God, 
that we truly do know ourselves best. And, yeah. and we, we get to decide, is this true or is this not true? But in owning and taking full, full responsibility for these things, we literally pivot, boop, and pivot. We have changed, we've changed our trajectory right there, yeah. just in the acknowledgement that there is some that's founded on some type of truth. Right. Yeah, and great. here's another piece I wanted to bring to the, the Ooh, conversation. Hey, hold, yeah. hold the next piece. Hold the next piece. I want to I I capitalize on your word pivot here because pivot yes. is a big, big word in, in our vocabulary right now because of COVID. But I, I, I just realized that the word repentance is such a loaded religious word that the people kind of recoil from it. But really, repentance at its core means pivot. Right. So. Oh, it does. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it just means turn and go the other direction. That's all repentance means. It just means change direction. And so, but it gets all this Christianese and all this religious religiosity that just comes yeah. and it makes, makes it a, a scary, ugly, nasty word. And so there's a scripture that says, it's your kindness that leads us to repentance, Lord. It's your kindness, not, not your hammer, not your, wow. not your disapproval, not your, uh, you know, disgust. It's your kindness that leads us to repentance. And then people get stuck on repentance. Does that mean, you know, that I have to be, do this and that and the other thing? No, it's pivot. Your kindness wow. God leads me to, to pivot and go a better direction. Instead of going the path to destruction, I'm going towards the path towards life. And what, what got me to change that? God's kindness. Woo! That's, I didn't know that. See, that's my, yes. that's, that's something new I learned. And we, and I said this earlier for, for just for new people in the room that the word sin, which is, has a lot of religion, religiosity tied up into that too. Right. But the word right. sin right. means to miss the mark. It's an archery oh, term. Right. So right. when I think, okay, because I growing up with my assigned religion, I was assigned a religion and the word sin was so loaded. It yes. meant I completely sucked right. and there's something wrong with me. I'm yeah. I am and, broken. I suck. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, but then as, as life went on and I learned that it meant it's to miss the mark, I was like, oh, I can totally get down with that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm that, like, that, that, that's not scary at all. That's just true. <laughs> I just miss missed the mark. The mark. And, right. and we're going, and we're going to miss the mark. And that's why are. I love the term course correcting. Yes. Because when we, when we recognize that we've missed a mark, we went, okay, you know, we, we passed the exit and we didn't go the right route that we should have gone. We, you know, that internal GPS can lead us back right. to where we want to be and even better. Even so better. Yeah, yeah, right. It's allowing God to steer. So, yeah. you know, people might think, oh, Kristen teaches this stuff and and you know she doesn't make mistakes or doesn't fight with her husband you know all false wrong all false <laughs> right. but let me tell you what course correcting can look like it doesn't mean you have to be the antagonist like you really you're the one that's um screaming and yelling or throwing things or not my husband doesn't do that but you get well he, well, he can raise his voice but you get what i'm saying you don't have to be this yeah. gnarly cheater abuser whatever to miss the mark right. you can miss the mark by simply joining in someone's fear when they're scared about something and they're railing at you. That's yeah. missing the mark. Do I need to join in this or can I meet this person's fear with compassion? Right. right. Or it can be, maybe I should stop trying to be right and prove my point and just listen more. Right. So 
the course correcting is is not always something super aggressive like i gotta stop cheating or i gotta stop drinking or i got sometimes it can be but i'm saying that we always have a piece of the equation no matter how small yeah yeah ultimately sin you're right it's such a loaded word that's why I like the idea of replacing. Every time I see the word repentance from now, I want to replace it with pivot. You helped me to see that that's such a better word, and it's so less uh, religious, religious, um, yeah. but it's still true. Because I'm going to change directions, right? The course correction, and that's that God's kindness course corrects me. But then to talk about sin, right? Miss the mark. So even even this epiphany that I had this week, I realized it was sin, but in the best possible definition that I was missing the mark. I was allowing someone else's approval or disapproval to determine my sense of worth. Yeah. Well, that's, that's sin, but, but sin has such a negative connotation. All it was is I was missing it. I yeah. was missing the truth. I was, I, I was focused on the wrong thing. Right. So yes, by definition, it was sin, but not with all of the baggage that comes with it. It's just, I was missing the mark. So then I could say, Hey, okay, I'm going to course correct. And, and I'm going to pivot here, right? God's kindness is nudging me in a better direction that's for my benefit, right? So I'm not, I'll be continuing down the path of destruction. Yes, that's so beautiful, Joseph. I love that. And, and I wanted to bring the uh, concept and idea of forgiveness into this conversation. Mm, yes. Because, you know, I was raised, and people might have different theories about this, and that's okay, and that's welcome. But right, you know, I was raised that I needed to be granted forgiveness in order to be okay or to be reset. And as I grew and you know learned more and what have you, what I what I learned is is taking us back to this unconditional love that we're talking about of God is and I and I won't word this well, but there is no forgiveness to be granted because I, maybe you can help me out because it's already there. God already knows, like, there's not like, let me grant you forgiveness because it's already embodied in the unconditional love. Right. So, so I'm, I'm going to be very specific on this one. And some people will discount what I have to say because I am, but to me, that is exactly why Jesus died and rose again. So he, he canceled the power of sin or all the times that we missed the mark, he, he paid the price so that we could pivot, so that we could have these divine moments, so that we could have the control to give my control away and operate in my divine self. So the forgiveness happened, but it didn't happen in me in now. It's it's already done for, for time and eternity. The forgiveness is, like you said, you are right. The forgiveness, there's nothing left to forgive because it's already been forgiven, but it's not like localized in me and my bad decision in this moment. It just is because that's what God has done. He already did it. It's paid. So this is where grace really gets um, it gets misinterpreted because we we tend to think, and sometimes we're even taught, unfortunately, that we got to clean ourselves up before God would love us or forgive us. That's completely backwards. Yeah. That's like saying, you know, that's like saying I got to gut the fish before before I catch it. Right? Yeah. It, it makes no sense at all. And so. That's what that's what unconditional love is. Unconditional means there's no conditions. And we yes. put all these conditions on it. We say, yeah. well, God would would forgive me if. Well, once you use the word if, it's not unconditional love anymore. It's a transaction. It's commerce, right? If you do yes. this, I'll do that. If you if you love me first, I'll love you back. No, the Bible makes it really clear. 
we love him because he first loved us. Yeah. Not because we not because we got it right, not because we asked even forgiveness. He already did that. Yeah. He already loves us unconditional. There is no condition. Unconditional no condition. love. It's either unconditional or it's not, people, right? I'm talking to myself. It's either unconditional love or it's not. <laughs> right? Grace means it's already done. It's already paid. There, like you said, there is nothing to forgive. Well, certainly there was, but it's done. It's it's now unconditional. The condition has been met. The condition that is that is that still remains is that we're judging ourselves for said offense. Yes. Right. So I know when I do something, I do talk to God about it, and I do actually say the words "forgive me," but I'm already know I'm already forgiven. I do say that because to me, that's really embodying the mistake. And I'm like, okay, I'm like getting in touch with God by saying that. Do I need, like, do I feel like I'm going to be granted with a wand? I'm, you're forgiven. No, I don't. But I do, but I do have that practice because that's one of my practices from my upbringing that stuck, that still feels okay to me. Okay. Because it's just part of my process. And, but I immediately turn it towards self and I forgive me. Because when we don't forgive ourselves for our said wrongdoings, then we are teaching ourselves that we are not unconditionally lovable. And that contributes to the disease to please, as Miss Oprah would call it. Right. And, And to go back to what we've talked about before, when I consider myself unforgivable, I'm actually saying that I know more than God does. Because God says, are you kidding me? You are already forgiven. So if you say you can't forgive yourself, then you are saying that you know better than me. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to go there. Please don't let me go there. Yeah. And so I'm actually making my love for myself conditional. right? And that's not unconditional love for me. And so, but I, I do agree with you. This is a yes and moment about asking for forgiveness. Not because it hasn't already been granted, but because of the transformation that then happens in that moment for me. So, I, I mean, this happens in my relationship with my wife, with my kids, that when I offend them, whether intentionally or unintentionally, and I cause them hurt or pain, or, or even if I drop, uh, I drop the spoon on somebody's toe and it hurts them, I do say, forgive me, right? It's, a, it's an acknowledgement that I made a mistake, that I yeah. missed the mark. Yes. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And of course they forgive me. And, but so it's just not the self-loathing or am I worthy of forgiveness? It's just an acknowledgement. Hey, I missed the mark. I made a mistake. I want to course correct. So please forgive me so that, so that I haven't damaged the relationship. Right. We say that we can say that to God as well. Yeah. I missed the mark, but I don't want to damage our relationship. So forgive me, but it's a different kind. It's, it's, it's receiving, it's living into the reality of what's already there. Yes. And it's, it is taking responsibility. And when we, take full responsibility for our behavior that is one of the highest acts of love and so in that moment when we say please forgive me we're saying i see that i wronged you and i'm asking for you to go into your heart if you choose and to forgive me so that we can release the toxic toxicity the toxic tie that marianne calls it between us however we can't get hung up on whether others are going to forgive us. So if we're banking on another person's forgiveness to let our own self off the hook, then we are still carrying around that shame and unworthiness. So so to me, 
regardless of whether another person forgives me, I forgive me. And that I'm not living my life on pins and needles, banking, banking my worth on whether they're forgiving me. Right. Because I want to stay uh, pure is the only word that's coming to my brain, pure, clear, peaceful inside of myself. Because I know and free, freedom. It's free. Yeah, it's freedom. 